Today's episode is brought to you by the Be Real Podcasting Network. For more episodes like this, check out BREELnetwork.com. And we're back for your distraction. We are here. Adam. Scott. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Yeah, we missed a couple weeks. It's been a bit. It's been a yeah, bit. That's that's not typically like us. We, uh, I mean, we've missed a week here and there over the years, but I don't know. Have we missed two weeks in a row before? I don't think we've ever since we started going weekly. I don't think we've ever missed two in a row before. Yeah, that's so. So that sucks, and and I would like to personally apologize. To the listeners, I mean, we were getting emails, we were getting messages on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter. What's going on? Are you guys okay? Is everything, you know? They're like, did Scott finally strang- snap and strangle Adam? Did, was it, is that the lost episode? No. Like, what's going on? So, a little bit of house cleaning. Um, it's my fault that we missed two weeks in a row. I had a death in the family. So, um, I'll just talk about that right now on the air real quick. Uh, my grandfather, you've heard me talk about him, Andrew Malenke, my poppy, he passed away when we're recording this one week ago today, but he was sick up until he passed away. So it's been pretty hard for me. He and I were very close. I've talked about him on the show umpteen times. I said, you know, he was my best friend and I lived with him for a little bit when I was young. So that really sucked. So I was in a really bad, bad place. Even though he was 92 years old and he lived a good, long life, it still sucks when you lose anybody. So um, I just wanted to say that's what happened. So everybody listening, that's what's up. Um, If you could keep my family, regardless of what deity you pray to, if you can pray for my family to yours that would be greatly appreciated if you're a non-religious person like adam keep us in your thoughts um we were gonna have him on the show adam yeah we talked about this we were gonna have poppy on the show he would have been kick-ass too it was gonna be a real like niche show because he he was a d-day the invasion of france invasion of normandy during world war ii he had some kick-ass stories we were going to bring him on we were going to interview him and talk like the entire hour about his experience with world war ii but right before we were able to you know work out the details that he got sick he's been living in a nursing home for the last almost two years oh those are depressing oh yeah well his nursing home saint paul's in greenville pennsylvania I give them the utmost respect. They are wonderful, wonderful people. It's not the kind of nursing home you think about on TV, like in uh, Happy Gilmore. It's it's nothing like that. Like it, it, it's, it was a really cool place. And at first, of course, he didn't want to be there. He wanted to be at home in his house. But after a while, he realized he wasn't able to do. He wasn't able to live on his own anymore. And and they did really cool things there. He played bingo once a week. And not only did he play bingo, he fucking won bingo. He kicked ass. But my grandpa, he had no filter. Like, he had really bad diabetes, and actually in the last year and a half, he had uh, his one leg amputated because of bad, bad diabetes. So, But he was still there. He was sitting in a chair, and, and I'd bring my girls in to see him, and he'd be so excited every time we walked in. 
but he had no filter. Like I was saying, there'd be other people there, like probably 75 years old, a lot younger than him. And they're just like head slumped over the side in their wheelchair, drooling on themselves, nonverbal, like a vegetable. And he would say, I don't ever want to be like that. You know, he was, he was so much better than these people. And then, um, he got sick. He got an infection that spread to his blood, spread to his bloodstream, went into his organs, started shutting down his organs. They put him on hospice. They said, Hey, he's got days. So, uh, I went in to see him as he's dying. And I see these people who are vegetables still sitting in their chairs living. You know, that just goes to show you how he was so much better off than them. Yeah. And he's gone and they're still here. So, it's the way of the world, I guess. Um, so Hey, you know what? He made it to his early 90s. Not many people can make that claim that yeah. they made it to the early 90s. So, he lived a long, full life. He did. He did. And like <laughs> I said, he was my best friend. I'm going to miss him. But he would want us to carry on. He would want us to soldier on, to keep Fourier Distraction going, to give our fans what they've been asking for. So, here we are. Adam. Let's drink one to my poppy. Cheers. 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 Every time you would talk about every time you would talk about him, you always you always said that he had his own saying, I killed more Nazis than you could shake a stick at. He did, man. And that was my whole goal. I always wanted to meet him just so I could hear that one Dude, thing. He did. I, I've met him like once or twice, but I never mm-hmm. heard that. I, I just that's all I wanted to hear. I mean, there's a certain setting where you talk about taking a human being's life at him. And and when you were around, it was usually like a family party, a get together, yeah. or something. That's not when you talk about murdering someone. But um, I don't know what family parties you're going to. <laughs> so yeah, he he had some great stories. I, he he was on a supply ship in World War II. So, and he he went to D Day, the invasion of France. He was on Omaha beachhead, but his ship. He was in the Navy. They were transporting gasoline ammunition, and he said sometime like Sherman tanks and Jeeps for the GIs. But usually it was just lots of ammunition and lots of gasoline, lots of fuel. He said, you know, one bullet went into there and his ship's going up like a Roman candle. So his ship was kept a little bit further back. He wasn't on like the invading party. But still, there was, he would say the German Messerschmitt planes would come and you'd hear the they'd be like, Firing at his ship. So he was a gunner, him and his buddy uh, Reb. I, I don't know Reb's real name. I wish I did. I don't know if Reb's still... He called him Reb because he was from Hammerstead, Tennessee. And he and Reb worked a, a whatever caliber, really big fucking caliber gun. And it took two people to fire this gun. One was on the gun itself. The other one was loading the ammunition into this into the... Yeah. However it works. He had to go to gunnery school and whole thing. And he said the first couple shot were tracer bullets. So they would explode red. And then the next fur was just like the regular bullet. So you knew where it was in the sky. He said, so you'd see that plane coming and you would just spray your bullets in a line where the where the plane was going. You'd like lead it. So the plane would fly into your bullets and just And I'm like, there was a fucking person flying that plane that you just blew out of the sky. Like you just like Without a, with a straight face, just taking somebody's life. I, hey, it was war. It was you a, do what you got to do. It was a terrible time. Yeah, he said for days the surf, the water was blood red. Bodies were floating, like banging against the hull of the ship. 
he was fucked, yeah, up. fucked up. So so is there a reason why the beer of the show is a German style lager? It, then is, it, is there a reason it, for that? Just, just you trying to say something? It's an uncanny coincidence. <laughs> but uh, the beer of the show is the Southern Tier Brewing Company's their Pilsner, their Nazi style lager. No, no, I'm no kidding. Not Nazi style. <laughs> Not all Germans were Nazis, so let's let's just throw that out there. The German people are great. They make great beer. They make great pretzels and bratwurst, and we love the Germans. We hate the Nazis, but we love the Germans, so let's just throw that out there. So that's the beer of the show, Southern Tier Pilsner. We've had a couple Southern Tiers before. I like their beer. Um, we've had, I think we had one of their IPAs before. Um... We've had oh their pumpkin around the yeah. autumn the fall I love their pumpkin that's a good one and I got I got a variety pack of southern tier so the next couple weeks we might have some more southern tier beer coming <laughs> hey that's fine southern tier is from Lakewood New York so Adam you go first tell me what you think about it um it's okay see um, it's a pilsner I thought you would really like it 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 doesn't taste bad it just it's plain. It's it's a very plain beer. It's a tastes like a pilsner. It tastes very average. There's not there's not much there. It tastes like a generic pilsner to me. Like maybe maybe you can enlighten me on if you taste anything else. But whenever I take a swig of this, take one big gulp. Yeah, it just it tastes like a regular old pilsner. It's not bad. It's not a bad beer. It's not heavy, obviously, mm-hmm. but. It doesn't sit at the bottom of my stomach, but it tastes like an average pilsner to me. Like it's it's a very average beer. It's not bad, but it's it's pretty average, average tasting. Um, German style lager. It's it's not a typical lager to me. No. Uh, to me, a pilsner like, uh, and Miller Lite, for example. Miller Lite claims itself to be a pilsner. I hate Miller Lite. To me, Miller Lite. Tastes like stale yellow water. I really, really dislike Miller Lite. The only time I drink Miller Lite is at like a party or something, and that's only there. If it's like the only thing there, and it's like a, it's like a party beer. You drink it when you want to get drunk and just have a good time. I mean, maybe when I was twenty three and I went to college parties, and all there was to drink was like Natty Light and Miller Lite. Maybe I did it then, but. I'm a beer snob now, Adam. I'm beyond those days. Those days are those days are in the past. I don't think I would stay at a party like that. Ugh. But um, I'll tell you about that. Uh, Miller Lite's mainly an American style pilsner. Gross. This here's German style. So it, like you said, it is light bodied. Pilsners are yeah. typically light bodied. They don't have too much to them. It's a kind of beer you can drink a bunch of, but the flavor is. So much better than the flavor you get with a Miller Lite or an American style pills. Oh, definitely. Like Miller Lite almost tastes like dirty water. This mm-hmm. is this actually does have a beer taste to it. It's like it good. tastes like a. It's good. Yeah, you know, it's got like a bit of a bit of a sour. So or, those, uh, those Bavarian hops that you yeah. get that aren't like not IPA strong hops, but you you get a little bit of that. It, it it's it doesn't bite back, but it's, it gives you a little, a little something. It gives and, you a little and, something. And I I enjoy that a lot. So. If you're in the mood for this kind of beer, this is one you could put away. This is one you could do some damage on. And I'm going to give it a four out of five. It's a pretty high rating. It's a pretty high rating. I enjoy it. So that's the Southern Tier Brewing Company Pilsner. 
the beer of the show. So this is the first show that we've recorded since 2017. This is the first show of 2018. Um, and boy, is it off to a great start, wouldn't you say? Adam, my 2018 has been fucking terrible. I know. My, I lost my grandpa. I, I was at the Steelers playoff game where they got their ass kicked by the Jaguars. Um, Trump's being Trump. It, the government just got shut down thanks to him. It, it, it's It's been shit. I thought 2017 was bad. I want to go to sleep and wake up and be in 2017. That's how bad 2018. Now it's early. It's early. So hopefully it can only get better. It, it can hopefully only get better. But it's already starting off with some sexual harassment claims. Oh, it's, here we go. It started off early. You've heard of them. I've read a few articles. I was really surprised when I heard these ones. There's two gentlemen in particular who have sexual harassment claims guns. And the first one we could talk about, James Franco. James Franco. James Franco. He's got he's got some ladies that are yeah, coming at him and saying, like, look, he's this dude is a pig. He's a sexist pig. Fucking it started Harry Osborne. When, it started when he uh he won uh what was it, a Golden Globe? Yes. He won his Golden Globe Watch for the Golden Globes. I did not. Uh but he won a Golden Globe for his movie uh The Room. The Room. The yes. Room. And during his speech during the Google, like apparently he was talking about how, you know, like we need to be good and, you know, the, all these people that are doing sexual harassing. He made like basically saying like, you know, it's good that women are coming out and this and the other thing. And apparently it made some women sick to their stomach because they consider him to be a sexist pig. And, well, a, lot, and a lot of these are women who were involved in he was doing like some acting school thing where he was like helping to teach people to act or some shit like that, or he's part of an acting school or something like that. And apparently during this whole thing is when a lot of this occurred. Um, but you were going to say? Oh, uh, well, first and foremost, you know, a guilty pleasure of mine award shows. I love them. You you don't. You don't watch them. You always ask me, what happened on the... So I watch the Golden Globes. I'm a big fan of award shows. Um... And the theme of the night, unless if you've been caveman living in a, under a rock somewhere, you don't know what's going on with the sexual harassment. But if the rest of us know the hashtag Me Too, we've talked about it on the show before. It's a big movement right now. It, it's especially involved in Hollywood, but really just in the world in general right now is coming to terms with how women have been treated in society, yeah. not just Hollywood. So the theme for the night. Uh, the Golden Globes, like all the women who were there, everyone wore black in say in solidarity of hey, sexual harassment is is a big problem in our industry especially. So the men who were involved were also you know need to lead by example. So they had these little pins like the times up. That's what it is. What the pins times up. Right. Yeah. You're right. Times up is what the pin said. And um, yeah, apparently I didn't. I had not heard any of the allegations against James Franco till after the fact. He did win a Golden Globe for The Room, which I really I haven't seen The Room yet. I've heard good things. I hear I've heard really good things, so I'd like to see it. But um, I didn't come aware to it till after the show, and then I saw his interview with uh, Stephen Colbert, which I'm sure you'll talk about. Yeah, I, I you you watch the entire interview. I briefly. Saw the interview, I just saw bits and pieces of it, so I kind of knew about it. And then I started looking uh, some stuff up, and 
most of, like I said, most of the allegations seem to stem from a. I don't know if I don't know if James Franco ran a class at this school or if he was part of a class at this school, <clears throat> but a lot of it seemed to be like like there was one or two women that's who claimed that James Franco said, you know, if you do this, you can get ahead in your career or something like that. Obviously, perform some sexual act. Um, there was apparently. Uh, James Frank apparently does a lot of indie movies, so uh, there was like one particular scene that this one woman talked about where there was an orgy scene, but James Franco like got a couple of the women to take the because whenever you do any type of sex scene, any the actors wear like flesh color like underwear or something like that, something to cover up their giblets and everything, so that they don't giblets. make yeah, so they don't that's the, that's the scientific term giblets yes. Uh, so that they don't make contact or anything like that. And I guess James Franco got a couple of the women to take to not wear that so that whenever they did like an oral scene, like he would might have been really doing an oral scene or something like that. Oral? Yeah, like oral. Like oral. going down on them. Yeah. So, so it's it's like stuff like that. Um, so needless to say, it's it shines some light. And James Franco, apparently in their interview with Stephen Colbert, you 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 say that Stephen Colbert was not as hard as him as you would like. I, yeah, we talked about this off air beforehand. I'm a huge fan of Stephen Colbert. I love him. I think he is a national treasure. I was very disappointed with him in this interview. He appeared to be throwing softballs up to James Franco. I don't think he was very hard on him at all. He didn't press him. He just gave James Franco an avenue. He gave him a microphone to to share his side of the story. And I'm not saying that's not important. Everybody should share their side of the <laughs> right. story. But he left it at that. He didn't have any follow-up questions. He wasn't being a journalist as much as he was being an entertainer. And I, I usually defend Colbert till the end, but this, I, I said to you, we know James Franco is a progressive, liberal, Democrat, Hillary supporter. He, for all intents and purposes, he seems to be like a likable guy. I like him. I like his films. I think he's funny. Up, up until this, there was no reason to dislike him. And I think that weighed heavy on Colbert that if he would have been a conservative Republican asshole on the show, I think Colbert would have gone straight for his jugular and would have attacked him and been the guy that we know and love who doesn't take shit from anybody. So I was just disappointed in Colbert for that. And I understand maybe these allegations... Yes, the allegations are just that, allegations. Innocent until proven guilty. I understand that. But we have to support these women who are being, who are being preyed upon, especially in Hollywood. And I feel like he wasn't—he was doing a disservice to them. When you look at James Franco, just looking at a picture of him, you can kind of tell something from the guy. He kind of looks like a bit of a douchebag, just a little bit. But he looks like a fun douchebag. So I think that's like a likable douchebag. So I think that's the biggest reason why people are trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, he plays a douchebag a lot. Too. He does. He so does. we don't want him to be. Like, we don't want to judge him by a character he's playing. He's a good actor. I give him that. I give him that credit. He's a very good actor. So we don't want to stereotype him or typecast him as a character that he traditionally plays. Right. A party boy, douchebag, 
asshole. Which he might he might actually be that. Yeah. That, that might be what James Franco is. Um, it seemed like when the stories that I read, there's a number of different stories. I think it's up to five women as of right now that have come out and said stuff against him. The way the stories seem to go... I, we talked about a couple things which can be construed as, obviously, if you say something to a woman like, hey, you want to advance yourself for a sexual favorite, that's obviously sexual harassment. There's a couple of stories, though, that the women were talking about that I don't know the laws to the extent, especially in, like, L.A. when it comes to actors and actresses, but they didn't seem like they were, like, Illegal, just like he was being a douchebag, but they didn't seem illegal. Like there was one scene where he was, he brought a cup, some of the women and some of the actors to play like side roles in like this indie film or whatever. And one of the scene was meant to be a topless scene. So he wanted the women to be topless in the scene. And he was, he apparently he got upset because the women were like, I'm not comfortable doing this scene topless. And I guess he got upset like during that whole when he was trying to shoot that and was like acting like kind of a jerk a little bit whenever they refused to do that. That doesn't construe to me as sexual harassment per se, because in the movie industry and film industry, a lot, there's a lot of topless scenes. We've seen a lot of, we've seen, you know, a lot of scenes with game of Thrones by itself. Like how many boobs have you, boobs and dicks and things have you seen in game of Thrones? There's a lot of, lots of floppy wieners, lots of tits. Yeah. And shame, <laughs> shame. <laughs> exactly. And so, obviously, if you are an actor or actress and you want to, and you're in a film where there's a topless scene and you're not comfortable doing it, you can obviously say no to it. But they very well may replace you for not doing. Depends it. on your contract, Adam. Depends on the contract. Contract. But, but they, I doubt the these women or these people. I don't know if they were all women, but I doubt these people had ironclad contracts because they were taken from a acting school to be in this like side project just kind of get some experience actually doing stuff so they may not have had you're right probably not but we don't know that <coughs> exactly so we can only we can only talk about the facts we have right now um and as far as you say illegal yeah I, I, it didn't make me less of a no. douchebag it doesn't well, right, make, right, right, doesn't right. mean he's not a douchebag but, but just because you say it wasn't illegal doesn't make it not sexual harassment <laughs> you can be sexual harassment and not be illegal like if it if he did something illegal, then people would be up in arms. He'd probably be being investigated, maybe even prosecuted and, and put to jail if he did something illegal. No one's saying what he did was illegal. They're just saying what he did was a shit thing. And because of that, people need to know. If you're a famous person, if you're a movie star, a celebrity, that your entire career ba is based off of us. People who will pay money to go watch your films, to go watch your TV shows, to listen to your music. You know, it, it's about us. So chances are, not everyone. There's people like whoever wouldn't even care. But there's people out there that I know that say, oh, I used to like James Franco. Now I found out he's a pervert and a dick, so I'm not going to watch any of his films anymore. Does he care about that one person? No. No. But would he care if that one person turns into a thousand, a couple thousand, and so on and so on? Sure. I don't know if James Franco himself would really care that much. Well, he could go away to obscurity. I mean, Hollywood's a tough business. It's what have you done for me lately? Yeah. He is a big time actor right now. Tomorrow, that could all go away at the blink of an eye. 
So we'll see. I guess I guess we don't know. Are these allegations true? What else will come out? Five women's a lot, Adam. Five women. I mean, it's not as many as like Bill Cosby, but yeah, it's more than like one or two. If one or two come out, then you know. But if you get five, that's that seems to be a trend. So. I'm I'm more inclined to believe the victims here. I'm so. more I and yes, five five women is a lot, but it's like I said, it seemed like more than half. Obviously, uh, if we're talking about five women, at least like three of them, we're talking about some of the like some of their allegations had to do with things like, oh, I refused to do a topless scene, so James Franco replaced me, or Titties. or you know, the, like there was one person, there was one of the women in uh, particular who said. Made a comment saying, like, you know, I didn't, something about I didn't do, like, I I, I want to be known for my good acting, not for my looks and stuff like that. If we've known anything about Hollywood, your good looks get you far. I'm, like, I'm sorry, there have been terrible, terrible, horrible actors who have gotten big roles in movies and TV shows just because they look good. That's just, that's kind of just the way it is. Like, so you're saying it, you would suck James like Franco's that? dick? Depends on the depends on the depends on what I get in return. I'm sorry. Depends on what I get in return. Like, but that's just me personally. Like, I'm I'm a degenerate. Like, what can I say? So you mentioned that there was a second person, right? You said there was two. There's a second person. I don't know how much I believe this story, though. For this, for not not really just because it's the person individual, but because the story kind of seems a little. It kind of seems a little iffy to me. Um, the person we're talking about is Stan Lee. Stan the man. Great Stan the man, the great man himself, Stan American Lee. American treasure. Has been accused of sexual harassment. <laughs> he has been accused of sexual harassment by the nursing company where he... Obviously, he's an old man. He's like 95 years old. Is he he's, 95? He's actually like 95. Oh, he's, he's, 95. Older, he's older than my... He lived longer than my grandpa. And, he, and he's still... And he's, Still going right now, yeah. but he's an old man. He needs you know help around I the house. He was ninety, ninety five. According impressive. to the according to what I read, well, I believe he's you. I believe you. So, um, but he's you know a lot of older people. They need you know care. They need help. They need nursing help. And since he's rich, obviously he can afford to hire out a private nurse to come to his house and help him do certain things. Well, apparently uh, the nursing company in question said that a number of nurses complained and felt uncomfortable and didn't want to work with Stan Lee because he would make lewd comments to them. He would, you know, try to solicit a blowjob from a nurse or he'd, you know, he'd grab their ass or something like that. Like he's basically, according to them, acting like a dirty old man. And so this nursing company uh was uh, these nurses complained about? It. They didn't want to work around Stan Lee, according to the most recent nursing company that he's working with. None of the nurses said that. They said he's a respectful man, but here's the reason why I don't know if I necessarily believe these allegations. Obviously, Stan Lee and his publicists deny it. They wholeheartedly deny it. They say none of these allegations are true. Blah blah blah. Whatever. That's obviously what he's going to say. The nursing company in question and the nurses in question, they're not filing charges against Stan Lee. They're not going to the legal system. They're blackmailing Stan Lee. Basically, what they said was, you either pay us this amount of money or we're going to go to the press and we're going to go to the legal system, blah, blah. They're basically trying to extort money from him. Otherwise, they were going to come out and say stuff. Obviously, it got out anyway, but 
you know, that's the re- that's the reason why this story in particular, I'm kind of like, I don't know how true it is because these w- like these women, they didn't try to go to the press and try to take their story and try to expose it. They were like, you give me money or else we're going to expose or else we're going to say this shit about you, you know? I want to know what you have to say about that. What 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 do you what are your thoughts on that? Well, as I just said earlier and as I've said on this podcast before, I'm the kind of person who defends the victim and I defend the victim to the end. But we just opened the show with me talking about my late grandfather who just passed away and then the last 2 years he's been in a nursing home. Um now as far the best of my knowledge I don't think he's ever tried to solicit a blowjob from any of the nurses or grabbed ass and titties when he's there. But he definitely, and I witnessed it, would flirt with the nurses. And you can chalk it up to being a 92-year-old man, a dirty old man, as you said. That That's fine, but if you get past 90, you're, you're still a fucking guy. And guys suck. We suck. We're terrible. We think about sex all the damn time. And that's not going to change when you're 90. You're 90 plus. So, and when you're that age, I know I can speak, I can't speak for Stan Lee, but I can speak for my grandfather. He gave absolute zero fucks. He might have even given negative fucks. And he did not give a shit what he, what he, he would call other residents their fat and they legitimately were, but hey, be nice. Like I said, he has no filter. So I would witness him hitting on nurses, flirting with nurses, and the nurses there, they're used to it. They're used to these dirty old men who are in their last stages of life pulling the Stan Lee crap and laughing off and goofing off. Now, trying to get a BJ from a home health nurse because you've got millions and millions of dollars is completely different. But we don't have Stanley money. My family I imagine doesn't. if that ha- really happened, I imagine Stanley said something along the lines of, "Do you want to know where I got the name Incredible Hulk from?" <laughs> no, I'll show you. Like, like, like I imagine him saying something like that. It does it make it right? No. Is it sexual harassment? Yes. But it goes back to our your original thought. Is it illegal? No. I mean, are you a dirty old man? Yes. Do you care, dirty old man? No, I don't fucking care. So, and I understand this is not an excuse. I understand this doesn't excuse this habit. But if everybody's being honest, the man's 95 years old. You could flick him and break his wrist. He is not going to force himself on anybody. He is not going to hold down a nurse and rape them or do anything like that. If we're all being honest, the dude's 95. Like, he, he's, he's just going to say some shit, and there's going to be like a one in a million chance he's going to get that one nurse that's going to be like, okay, let's do it. And if there's a one in a million chance, you take the shot, I guess. Would you pay to watch Stanley and Betty White get it on? Like, anal. I, what about just like a little bit of money? I mean, I I might just <laughs> just because of the people you mentioned, like <laughs> Stanley and Betty White. If you told me right now, I got a I got a videotape right here as Betty White and Stanley just going to town on each other, be like, pop it in, let's see what's going on. Yeah. And my other point about it is, this is kind of how 
it's half joking, but half honesty. I feel like if you make it to 90, whether you're a man or a woman, you should kind of be allowed to say whatever the fuck you want to say. Like, if you are able to make it to 90 years old at the least, whether you're a man or a woman, if you see, like, a, a good-looking nurse that's helping you out, you should go ahead and say something, because you're 90. Like, you've lived for almost 100 years. Like, you're, like, say whatever you want to say. Like, if an, even, I'm not even talking about just an old man, an old woman, too. If an old woman is getting taken care of by a male nurse and she happens to notice that he's got, like, a six-pack or something like that or he's got a chiseled ass or anything like that. She should chiseled ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She should be able to say oh, something yeah. like that. She should be able to say, maybe pinch his ass. Be like, <laughs> nice ass, boy. Yeah, you know, if you made it to 90... Like, you don't have to take it, but, I mean, you could sit there and, you know, slap their hand away and be like, no, don't, just, just shut up. Like, just shut up. Let me, let me, just, let me do my I job. I mean, not much else. I actually agree with you on this one, so. Like, if you make you it know. that, if you've made it, you've, you've made it. Forget this whole bullshit of, like, I've, I've made my first million dollars or I've, I regularly make $500 million a year. Forget that shit. You make it to 90, you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want. So we were talking before, Adam, about how I like to watch the award shows, and I watch the Golden Globes. Yes. Something else came out of the Golden Globes. Oprah Winfrey. Oh, this. She was awarded the Cecil B. DeMille Lifetime Achievement Award. Rightfully so. I'm an Oprah fan. I think she's done great work over the years. She's, she's a very caring individual. When she came up, and she delivered a riveting acceptance speech. It had the, the entire place in tears with a standing ovation. Everyone at home, like me watching, just thought it was so powerful. Did you happen to catch her speech? Did you? No, I didn't. No. I, I heard it was really, really good, but I didn't go and watch it. Uh, YouTube it, if you would. Not, not now, but after the show, I'm telling you, just, just YouTube it. And. It made me it, like it was a. She's a, such a great orator, just like, just like President Obama was. And now we listen to Trump talk, our president, and he's just, God, it's awful, it's awful. So we were, we we became accustomed to how Obama would give his speeches. And now we're, now we have President Trump speaking the way he does. For Oprah to get out there and just kill it, it started a movement, Adam. It's Oprah I... twenty. It started a movement by everybody but Oprah. Right. Everybody but Oprah started this movement that apparently everybody's like, Oprah for president, 2020 to run against Trump. Yeah, Oprah, I don't think, I don't know necessarily know if it's out of the realm of possibility, but you're right. She has not. According to her and her friends, they're like, yeah, she doesn't want to do that. Like, thanks for the support, but like, she doesn't like want to do that. She doesn't want to be president, so. And I mean, well, Trump didn't want to be president either, and he is. So I mean, it's not like anybody twisted his arm, his arm and said, "Hey, why don't you run? We need you to run. You need to run, or something well, like that." Well, he was running so. for publicity. It came out in that book. Yeah, that book. Well, duh. Get, yeah. Well, duh. Like he I didn't, didn't expect to win. I didn't need a book to tell me that he ran for publicity. I didn't need a book well, to tell me that. I just need to watch the campaign. It was all part of his scheme. He was running for publicity. He expected to lose, and then he was going to use his newfound popularity to start his own network television. And he won. 
and he didn't expect to win. And actually, he's at first he was kind of uh, it came out in the book. Oh, what was the name of the book? Uh, something fire, not fire and ice. Oh, the the, uh, the wolf fury rodents. and fire, fury and fire. Thank you. Yeah, the, like that. Yeah, that it's, book. It's right now the number New York Times number one bestseller, which uh, has no right to be really. The, I mean, it's all hearsay. That book. No, it's the the guy who wrote it. Wolf, I think his last name is. Yeah, I know you're. He was involved in the Trump campaign. Yeah, but he, he was. Yeah, but it's all hearsay. Like you can't, you can't prove that anything. Hearsay true. from Trump himself. But you can't prove any of that. True. Well, like, can I, you prove well, anything? Because you, because the reason why I say that is because um, it was a funny. There was a really funny SNL skit that had to do that. Somebody was playing this guy. Bill Murray was in the skit too. He's playing. I can't remember who the fuck he was playing either. But Stephen Colbert had him on the show and interviewed him, and like he was trying to grill him about like you know his. Would you say any of this is true? Like, is this true? And he, first of all, he never admitted saying any of that was true. Basically, the way he put it was, "What's well, in the book? Read the book. You know, read read the book." Because he wants to sell books and make but money. I mean, but I mean, like, That's he, why you're on the show promoting the book? But I and I could be I could be wrong. I could be misremembering it. But like when Steve would ask him, like, "Is this all true?" He he like refused to answer the question. This is all true or not? Like he didn't he didn't answer the question. Well, of course. So not. that's the reason why I'm he saying he wants anonymity, whatever that word is. So a he doesn't get sued by Trump, who's what somebody I'm who's is, too happy. What I'm and b is, he wants to sell copies of his book to make fine. more money. But that's fine. But that's the reason why I say it's all hearsay. We can't know that it's true every single thing. We can assume that it is because we see the way the man talks on TV. I'm just saying we can't know that the everything that he said was, is true. The uh, was a heavily involved member of the Trump campaign. I mean, he has no reason to lie. He has zero reason to lie. He was involved. He was right there with it. I believe Trump it. has zero reason to do half the shit he does, but he does it anyway. Exactly. So. No, I believe the book it's called Humanity, Fire and Fury. I believe it one hundred percent. I have not read it. Um, I've read parts of it the 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 juicy parts the snippets you can look at them on the internet i've actually even picked up the book at a bookstore because those are still a thing adam bookstores are still a thing i looked at it i read the back cover i read like the first couple pages and put it down and didn't buy it because who buys print anymore i do print is dead i do i buy print sometimes you know, you know why I buy print. I don't buy novels in print. Like if I want to buy like a fictional book and just like read a story, but non nonfiction stuff, like history kind of stuff or science kind of stuff, I'll buy print and I'll read them. I'll keep them so that I can have them on a bookshelf, so I could be like a douchebag and have my bookshelf lined with different books, and people will think I'm smart. Well, the book reads that Trump did not expect to win. He was using it for a jumping point to start a television channel. When he won the night he won, uh, Melania Trump, is that her name, the, the first lady? I think so, yeah. His horrible wife, whatever her name is. Uh, her big fake tits, you know, from Soviet Union, wherever she is. Anyway, I hate her guts, too. She uh, was crying and so upset because she didn't want to move into the White House from her billion-dollar condo in New York City. And well, no they shit. Had, they, like, like, this guy witnessed it. He saw her crying that they won because she did not want to win. Like, that's that's nonsense. But I believe the book. You don't have to. You can call it fake news just like every other conservative Republican does. But you can't call everything fake news. I didn't say it was fake. I said it's suspect is what I said. I said uh, it's suspect. It's fine to be suspicious about it. I mean, great. But I believe it. I believe it wholeheartedly. You haven't even read the book. You can't say you believe. You don't even read the damn book. 
I told you I read the important parts, and I you be- can't say what's important or not. If you may, there could be an important part you didn't read, though. Fair enough, but wh- but I-, I believe it because why would the guy lie? I mean, what what does he have to gain? Uh, people buying his book. People would have bought his book anyway. If if they bought his book and it didn't, it wasn't filled with all kinds of like juicy little tidbits of things, they would have looked at the book, but like I don't want to read this. Like, like why would I read this? I mean, I guess, I guess your train of thinking here. How do we know anything's real? Exactly. How do we know point. the government's shut down right now? We, why we don't? We're not there. We, we don't know. Adam, come on! Don't be that way. Don't be an ostrich with your hand, your head stuck in the sand. I got into an argument with somebody <laughs> about why Trump isn't so bad. He's like, well, how has it affected your everyday life? The government's shutting down. What, ch- what changed for you? I'm like, for me, nothing, because I don't work for the government. But anybody who works for the government is not getting a paycheck. I think it changed pretty dra- da- drastically for them. What I mean, the fuck do I know? I mean, I mean, you could believe the government shut down because it's not behind closed doors. Like it's government's when it comes to that kind of stuff, it's pretty public. But I mean, like what I'm saying is like a lot, like a lot of hearsay behind closed doors. If one person is talking about it, I'm not saying don't believe him. I'm just saying keep an open mind about some of that stuff. As it's like I said, we hear the man talking every day on TV. We can assume everything in that book is true, but you got to you can't I believe, believe everything. Book. You can't I, believe everything. I believe the book. I believe the then book. Then read the book and tell me about I it. I plan on it, but I've read a lot of it online. I just don't like buying print. In the words of uh Egon Spangler, print is dead. Would you vote for Oprah? No. Well, here's here's my thoughts on that Oprah thing. Do I think she'd be better than Trump? Oh, yeah. If I thought the only way that we could get Trump out of the White House in 2020 was to vote for Oprah, I would vote for Oprah, obviously, in a heartbeat. My thoughts on the whole situation is, ever since Trump became president, I've been worried, even before, during the campaign trial, I've been worried that the movie Idiocracy would come true. There's a great, great movie, great movie, <clears throat> great funny movie, Idiocracy. If you've not seen it, go out, rent it. You know, go out and rent it from rent your it. family's video, like sure, I would go do. out and rent it, or go on Amazon and rent it. Go to your you know streaming service, do whatever. Rent the movie, give it a watch. It's a great funny movie, but it's basically about this guy get transported to the future through like cryogenesis or some kind of stasis pod or some shit like that. And in the future, everybody's dumb. Everybody drinks energy drinks as opposed to water because they don't know what water's for anymore and the president is decided by popularity and we have a president i can't remember the actor's name i i terry love cruz. terry cruz thank you i can never remember his name but i, I love terry cruz so much but he's this big just muscle head president wearing this sleeveless uh, american flag vest and sporting an m16 everywhere he goes and he's got these this wig on that's like real it's really weird but it's basically like he's just a, basically a celebrity pre- a president. That's what he is. And people are dumb. And they're like, yeah, you know, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, that's funny. If, it'd be a shame if that came true. And I'm looking at today, I'm like, we're so close to that being true. Like, a celebrity... I'm not going to say a celebrity has no business being president because I'm for president. And anybody has, you know, business being a president, whatever, you know, that's the way our country is. If you want to run for president, you know, as long as you're 35 years, was it 35? As long as you're 35 years or older, you can run for president. Naturally born. Yeah, sure, naturally born. That's basically the two rules. You have to be born in this country, and you need to be 35. Other than that, there aren't really that many rules when it comes to running for presidency. Now, to be a good president, I I, I don't think celebrities need to be presidents. 
I don't think celebrities need to be presidents. I like just because just because Oprah's a great orator does not mean she would be a good president. She would be better than Trump, but I don't think that means she would be a good president. Just because somebody can talk well, it, it it gives it puts a good face for the country when it comes to the, dealing with the rest of the countries. It shows people that you know if you can talk well that oh America must be sophisticated because look at their president that she this per individual can talk really well. It doesn't necessarily mean she can be a good president. She gave a very very passionate speech that could help give a lot of hope to a lot of people, but that doesn't mean that doesn't necessarily make her presidential. You know what I mean? That's boring because guess what? I agree with you again, Adam. But here's I'm, I'm going to simplify it a little bit. I'm going to simplify it by if you would have asked me four years ago, would I vote for Oprah or would I think Oprah would be a good president? I would have said, no way. She has no experience. Uh, believe me, I like Oprah. I think oh, she's yeah. a good Oprah's person. Oprah's great. She's a good person. She's but, done a lot of good things. But she has no experience. She can't. No, no she No, no. But you're asking me today, Adam. It's 2018. And now I'm like, yeah, you know what? Why the fuck not? <laughs> what have we got to lose at this point? It's like I said, if Oprah becomes the only option to get Trump out of the White House in 2020, yeah, I'll give I'll give her a vote. Sure. What if about she, Dwayne the Rock Johnson? He might yeah, run yeah, also. Yeah, I'll give him a vote too. I'll let me just put it to you this way. I'll give Kanye West a vote if it means getting Trump out of the White House. I'll give Kanye West a vote. Okay? Let's put it that way. If Kanye, Kanye, my man, run in 2020, you get my vote. All right? Let's get this man out of the office. Please and thank you. Let's do it. You know who we, you know who we need? We need Joe Biden to get his, get off his ass and say I'm going to run for president. He's Uncle not going to do it. He's going to do it. Is he? He's going to I'm I'm Last time out. I heard he wasn't going to do I'm it. I'm holding out for a hero, motherfucker. Joe Biden would be Only my number one hero save us. He is my number one choice right now. I I mean, if he sees how the way things are going. I mean, if he sees. He's got a TV. Uncle Joe, we need you. We need you. So I think so, so we're on the topic of Trump. I was thinking about something. This is real brief, so. Yeah, you watch every movie ever, whether it's a superhero movie or You've got a villain, right? You've got this dastardly, horrible antagonist of the story. Twirling his mustache. Somehow, he's always got a slew of people behind him. Henchmen or whatever, supporting him. And I know it's just there for whatever reason. Whether it's Star Wars or, like I said, superhero films. You've got these terrible people. That have all these, all this fucking support. All these people supporting them. That was always something in films that I'm like, man, why the hell are these people even support him in the first place? Like, what, what are these henchmen thinking? Like, they're just gonna get their ass killed by the hero, and like, for what? Like, you're you're fighting to destroy the world? <laughs> like, what do you, what do you, what do you get out of it, henchmen? Money, money, money. I, I always thought about that, and it's funny. We like. They talked about this in a show you and I both like, The Venture Brothers. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the next season. Still waiting. But, like, they actually introduced henchmen as characters and, like, made it a profession. And it's hilarious. Yeah. It's absolutely hilarious how they did that. But I've often thought about that even before that show. I don't think about it anymore, Adam. Why? Because I see what's happened with Donald Trump. And the people... 
the absolute ignorant people who come out in droves and actually still support this asshole. It, nothing surprises me anymore. I, nothing surprises me. How could somebody be so fucking terrible and all these people are still like, yeah, yeah, I know I've gotten in trouble on this podcast before for comparing Trump to Hitler. And as much as Trump sucks, as far as I know, he hasn't committed mass genocide yet or started a world war yet. But so, so he's not quite in the same ballpark as Hitler. But Hitler was able, we talked about earlier in the show, he was able to get the Nazis, some good German people, he was able to brainwash them and convince them to, to support his horrible, horrible ideas. I see similarities to that. I'm not comparing Trump to Hitler per se, but I, I'm drawing a correlation between Hitler getting people to turn out for him to Trump to get people to turn out for him. I, I see henchmen. I see these idiot henchmen that are there's nothing in it for them, and yet here they come to support of this villain. I, I just thought of this, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's funny, whenever people, like especially during like Obama's first term as presidency, when people would talk about Obama, there'd be a lot of people, a lot of religious people that would be joking around about it a little bit, but be half serious, when they're like, oh, Obama must be the Antichrist. Because just look at the evidence, because, you know, Obama is a, you know, well-spoken individual who gets a lot of people on his side, and he gets people praising him like, you know, he's a, like he's a deity, and, you know, no matter what he says, he can do no wrong kind of thing, and, you know, he just brainwashes people, and he's going to start World War Three and everything like that. And I look back on that, and I'm like, how do these same people not see that Trump has done the same thing? Trump has brainwashed a lot of people, and he's... Far closer to starting World War III than Obama ever was. Like, he's far closer. Which, by the way, he's actually far closer to being the person who starts World War III. We could talk about the uh, 9-11 and the war in Iraq, Bush bringing us into this war over in the Middle East. And we could talk about that all we want, but at least there was almost a reason for that. This whole thing with North Korea, it's just Trump tweeting at this man this unstable individual like he's literally has a fi his finger on the nuke button this this uh kim jong-un he's literally has his finger the only reason why he hasn't done is because his nuke can't make it over to the united states the hawaiians thought they were dead did you read about that in the news oh yeah i did i did read about that yeah that's something we forgot to talk about in the show notes before the show but that's pretty interesting people in hawaii thought they were dying in a nuclear holocaust wasn't it wasn't it uh before that though wasn't it like Puerto Rico was talking about how uh uh they were getting threatened or something like that by Kim Jong Un or Kim Jong Un made like an offhanded remark and Puerto Rico what was it was it Puerto Rico no, no way would he if he could reach Puerto Rico with a missile then he could reach Washington D.C. Oh, I, I I can't remember what it was I can't remember what no, it was it, Hawaii is the uh, by far the closest state. To North Korea. If he was going to attack anywhere with his Kmart version of nuclear missiles, it would Kmart totally president. it would totally be Hawaii. And there was apparently a, a mistake. I'm using air quotes here. Someone put a mistake. You ever get those warnings on your smartphone? 
like an amber alert yeah. or a flood warning or yeah. something bad. Like, oh, it's just a nice little community service, like a nice little just letting us know. Everybody in the state of Hawaii got one that said, like, uh, inbound missile, please take cover. This is not a drill. Wow. They fucking got that shit. So people thought they were fucking dead. And it turned out that apparently somebody in the early warning system hit a wrong button and sent it out by mistake. But sweet Jesus, the fact that the realm of possibility that people were just like, yeah, it's not out of the question with Trump and Kim Jong-un and everybody's pointing missiles at each other. We might be, we might be dead here. I mean, thankfully, Hawaii is still there. It didn't get nuked, but it's just another example of Trump doing Trump things and making the world a worse place. So you mentioned uh, supervillains and henchmen yeah, and things yeah. like that. What is one of the first things you think of when you think of supervillains and like henchmen and things? What is what is like the first character you think of? Honestly, yeah, Bob from the original Batman. You. I'm my number one guy. Remember him? No. Oh, I don't. Bob, come on. I don't on. think I remember him. The Joker's number one henchman. I... His right-hand man. Rings a, Bob. rings a bell. Um, I was thinking more James Bond. but Okay, you know, that's, that's, that's... That's that's kind of where I was trying to lead you towards, sure. but you, you failed, but that's okay. Well, James, no, James Bond's good, too. Yeah, yeah. You, but you failed me. It's okay, no, though. I mean, they're it's both okay. they're both in the same ballpark, like... They're both going to die for what? You know? What if I told you Jean-Claude Van Damme was James Bond? Wait, what? Jean-Claude Van Damme has a new series coming out on Amazon Prime. I think I think the first few episodes, actually the whole first season might be out on Amazon Prime. It's called Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Here's a description. I'm just going to read you the description, and then we can go into it. What if I told you that Jean-Claude Van Damme, yes, that Jean-Claude Van Damme, was in fact a secret agent? That his entire film career was built solely as a front for his black ops. Would you believe me? No? Well, then that's egg on your face, because that's what this show's about. <laughs> Jean-Claude, Van, Jean-Claude Van Damme stars in Jean-Claude Van Johnson as Jean-Claude Van Damme, but the secret agent Jean-Claude Van Damme. Where his entire film career was just a cover for his secret agenthood. <laughs> yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Is that it? Because I absolutely love everything about it. <laughs> Apparently, like, he's coming out of retirement. And he wants to get back in the secret agent game. So he starts filming new movies. But it's so that he can, like, go do his secret agent business or whatever. Like, Yeah. That's, that's great. That's the premise of the show. See, you talk, you, you didn't tell me any of that. I hadn't heard this. Before the show started, you were like, oh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's coming back to Amazon Prime with a new show. You didn't tell me anything about the show. Nope. Here I am rolling my eyes. Great. We need more fucking martial arts, and we need, like, I liked Sudden Death, but let's be real. I don't think there's ever been a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie I've ever liked. Oh, so, come on. I don't think there has been. I might watch Lionheart? this show, though. Bloodsport? Sudden yeah. Death is fucking great. Rewatch Sudden. Do yourself a favor and rewatch Sudden Death. But yeah, he's hits he, the same movie. Yeah. If you've seen one, you've seen it's the same movie. That's kind of why. Oh, yeah. wait, was he in Legionnaire? I don't remember. Anyway, 
I don't have my IMDb open in front of me, but I've seen quite a few of his films, and they're kick-ass, man. Kick-ass. But uh, I don't want it anymore. But you're telling me it sounds like satire. It, it, it sounds it does, like it's a comedy. It, it does kind of sound a little bit like satire. I think it's like meant to be like an action sort of comedy where it's like... Like it's like I saw the trailer and it was kind of like based in like this. Oh, he's an old man. He can't do this, and you know he's like getting out of shape and things like that. Like he's older. Yeah, he can't run with the young crowd as he used to be able to. But he's like, I wanna, I wanna do this again and stuff. I think it's kind of satire. Yeah, from what I saw. Well, I love the idea, and I might have to check it out. Like that might be that. Honestly, I might check it out too because it it just looks fun. Looks really fun. Well, it's good to be back, sir. It is. It's really good to be back. It is. So we opened the show on a somber note, but I think I think it was a good show. Good show, man. Yeah. Good show. Good first show of 2018. Well, why don't you remind the people, since it's been a couple weeks, how they can get a hold of us, Adam. If you guys want to get a hold of 4 Distraction, you can email us, 4 at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and Twitter. Search 4 Distraction. For your distraction at podcast FYD. We are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Search for your distraction. Subscribe to us, rate us, comment on us, share us with your friends. The only way we grow is if you guys help us grow. We are also a member of the Be Real Podcasting Network. Head over to BREELnetwork.com. I don't can't remember if that site is up. Or you can head over to Podbean, search Movie Guys Podcast. That is our official unofficial hub for the be real network and you can subscribe to us there we've got a lot of great shows uh the most active ones are us movie guys hey i like that game a video game podcast so if you like video games they talk about games on there um but you can head over there and uh subscribe to us and share that with your friends let them know if you guys have a podcast that you want to get out there, you're interested, you've been doing some episodes and you want to kind of grow a little bit, you can uh, message us or you can message the movie guys, you know, see about maybe get joining the network. We're always looking for new, uh, new members of the community. The beer of the show. Once again, it's the Southern tier brewing company from Lakewood, New York. We had their German style lager, their Pilsner. So the Southern Tier Pilsner, our beer of the show. Thank a, you guys. That's pretty Southern good beer. Tier. Yeah, good beer. Pretty good beer. Good beer. All right, we'll be back next week, Adam. Yeah, we'll be barring, back next barring week. Barring anything fucking crazy. Yeah, any nukes the, going off or assuming the world doesn't end, yeah, then yeah. We'll be back. So so same bad channel. Tune in next time. Uh we'll see you soon. Love you, Poppy. And Oprah twenty twenty? Question mark?